0: The interview with your client has gone well, the therapeutic relationship is well established, the trust is there and you have done a good uncovering. You know how to proceed, you have made your therapeutic choice. Now the testability test is done and the next thing that comes is the induction. And this is what we are going to cover in this third part. We are going to look deeper into induction and programming. My name is Axel Hommach. I'm a hypnotist in Cologne, Germany. And I'm here sitting in London with Dr. John Butler, the director of the HDI, the Hypnotherapy Training International. Hello, John.
1: Hello, Axel. And
0: hello to our listeners. We have already talked about uh, phase mm-hmm. one. Now we come to phase two. And we decided that we split that we have an extra podcast on induction and programming and then following up, we look deeper into analytical hypnosis to have more space to cover. That's fine,
1: that makes so sense.
0: In the course you gave last week, the Hypnotherapy Skills for Life Change, we looked very closely into programming and you covered Details that usually are not given in other courses, at least not to my experience. So, assuming the interview went well, the relationship between hypnotist, be it a coach or therapist, and the client or patient is well established. Now, how we progress now?
1: Well, during the uncovering, you will have had very specific information about the feelings the client has towards their goal, levels of motivation, readiness for change, and so on. And you have established the goal in the details. We look at goals in the business world often in terms of certain key characteristics, key factors in defining a goal. So it's not just a wish or a hope. We have the SMART acronym, Specific Measurable Achievable, Realistic Timetable, and there's other factors, of course. However, those are important to have ascertained those clearly we have specific goals and now we're going to turn that into the appropriate language for programming and because we've done our suggestibility testing and dealt with any inhibitions on trance or on suggestibility at least, we are ready to induce the trance so that we can get on with the programming. Now the induction first of all of the state, allowing the client to create within themselves with your help, you as the catalyst, the guide and so on, a level of trance and increase their suggestibility or responsiveness, as we prefer to call it. Inducing of trance has been often misunderstood as a matter of choosing the right technique. Well, it's true. You need a very broad range of techniques that you understand well, can use well for different clients in different settings. There's longer and shorter and so on versions of them. The induction of trance has three main factors that are important. One is expectation. Well, we can start with generating mental expectancy. Let's call it that. We have excite the imagination. Now, the imagination comes first, and then you develop the expectancy at the time. You're ready to go into a trance, and the therapist must create that kind of expectational energy within themselves, within the client. And then we have the ritual, the technique that we use, whether it's a short, instant induction, or maybe based on, let's say, for example, misdirection, And we have also indirect methods, including confusional methods. And then we have relaxation-based, which are the most common forms. So a therapist needs to be proficient in all of those, understanding not just the technique, but the thinking behind it. Well, how did it work? Why are we using that with that client? So as the therapist is competent with induction methods, they'll be able to get the client to respond well in most cases, unless the client is inhibiting it, and then we have to deal with that, which the therapist, again, will be able to do when they've been trained well, as long as the client is willing to commit and you know, do what's asked of them, not to just sabotage things. As we get into the trance, we then deepen it, we use compounding and other methods. We're coming now to the programming phase, with having established the goals in detail, and what's inhibiting the goals, we have tailor-made suggestions, very specific, to deal with the details of the goal and to deal with any inhibitions. And those details are really the key to making the therapy most effective. Programming is a science and an art. And if we look at the main ingredients in programming, we have language, of course, which is learning about the power of semantics, syntax, creating the very best language. And there are rules for programming instructions.
0: You go in your class very, very detailed to the rules of language and which are, let's call it taboo words which you should remove from your vocabulary at least during yes the hypnotic session Hypno- but maybe also if you want to do something for yourself from your yes daily speech that's right very important <laughs> in your life in general and how you're internally
1: communicating with yourself so powerful use of language the use of all the things that you just listed well you mentioned there's a long list we usually focus on about 10 main factors in developing the best hypnotic language, which is you're talking to the subconscious rather than the conscious level of the mind. We're primarily focusing on the subconscious. So the language is present tense, it's positive, it's affirming action rather than potential, it's dealing with emotional energy, many other things, being credible and so on. You were there, you heard me talk about those things in depth. We have nonverbal communication, now the client's eyes are closed, sometimes they're open. You make full use of gestures and nonverbal communication as a good hypnotist. You have now the use of the voice. So the language, powerful as it is, must be matched by the very best use of the voice, the cultivation of the voice and all of the wonderful elements the human voice is made up of and the wonderful power it has to conveying emotion and meaning and so
0: on. Exactly. I wanted just to mention that you transport all the emotions with your voice. That's you right. You put emphasis on certain words. Of course. And not only the words transport the information, but if you speak low, if you speak high, if you speak fast, if you speak slow. Yes. And then we have this ability to put drama into the voice. Absolutely. And please continue. Yeah. Okay.
1: So you mentioned some of the factors okay. there. The power of the voice, the imperative, the intonation in the voice, the intentionality, we've mentioned about speed, depth, the general, the tonality, the timbre of the voice, and many other factors that make up very good use of the voice. So the good hypnotist has the power of language and the power of the voice. The voice as an instrument, it's cultivated by the hypnotherapist. So the voice is very flexible, adaptive to the needs of the client. It can be very soft and confiding or more punchy. More direct, more authoritative in the kind of commanding sense for where it needs to be. So that it conveys the meaning, even when we're using suggestions that are more indirect, that the voice can match that, the tonality in the voice. So these are elements of the programming phase that a hypnotherapist needs to study, needs to be aware of, needs to learn them. Where many hypnotherapists often speak in monotone, their voice is either very soft all the time, or it is... In another way, maybe the other extreme, it's just very kind of lecturing without good emotional content, without variations, without being able to bring in cadences and flowing with the suggestions in a certain way where that's appropriate. Other times it's a bit more broken deliberately, pauses. In other words, learning how a good orator speaks to command attention. These are key qualities that make for the very best programming effects. So the therapist would produce a recording maybe of that session or maybe make a, a separate recording that the client will take away and use for their programming so that all of the elements of the problem and the emotional aspects are dealt with as fully, as clearly as possible in the programming for maximum success. Those words must generate emotion, which generate imagery at a subconscious level at least to start with. Trigger the imagination, which then feeds back in To create more of the emotional energy. So, we're talking about dealing with the subconscious effectively, the subconscious being and the mind of feeling and the mind of imagination, of non logic. Too many hypnotherapists speak to the client as if they were talking in a logical way that the client should do this, this, and this, and yet there is very little emotional conviction in the voice or confidence at times, or encouragement in the voice, depending on what the suggestions are
0: about. So ideally, the hypnotists, be it no coach or therapist, they use the words and the voice in a way that the client finds him or herself already in this desired state, that he experiences maybe as if he is in a film. Well, film is not probably the best word as if he is already in that desired situation acting absolutely
1: stimulating the imagination through the programming to bring the person into as you say it's almost in the present tense part of the mind may not be quite there but it's on a gradient but part of the mind is in there experiencing it as real because of the power of suggestion the power of command hypnotic command and this is a great art and skill. It's developed over time. I always recommend to my students listen to the best speakers, orators, study the work of the best actors who convey on the screen very compellingly a role. And their use of language and nonverbal communication is at a very high level, so that we are triggered as the audience. We're transported by their performance to believe it's real and to experience
0: whatever the actor is. Wanting us to experience, and the film director wants us to experience. Now, when you say watch those performers, be it speakers or actors or mm-hmm. others, when you watch them, when you listen to them, you realize that they don't speak in any kind of monotonous yes. flow, but they are absolutely lively. Yes, they are creating imagination, and they may. Speak speak a bit exaggerated where that's warranted Mm -hmm. but they don't have this low voice that some hypnotists use to lure your client into a deeper state but they speak full of drama full of passion yes (laughs) Yes. and that way transfer that to the client
1: absolutely a monotone of a very soft voice you know this kind of very soft voice that some hypnotists adopt. Mm. And often in the background, there's some kind of rather indeterminate, waffling music, which they are, again, they're assuming everybody likes that tone of voice and everybody likes that kind of music. And I put that on all my recordings. Well, really, that may have very little credibility and resonance with some people. So as you say, the voice must be used as a very powerful, convincing element in the process a very powerful tool
0: i have heard in my time to a lot of hypno mp3s and i can at least speak for myself as soon as there's some piano music in the background i'm out of hypnosis mm-hmm. mm. well even if i try well we know how loaded the word try is but even if i try to stay and follow a very light music i can live with that but it's yeah. I find it diminishes the power of the word. It often takes distracts away. from
1: it, yeah. yeah. I mean, we could go into that topic in more depth. There are kinds of music that are very helpful for inducing a trance. Mm-hmm. But
0: why would cover that in a Yeah, and it,
1: but podcast. it needs to be thought through and used properly, and it depends from client to client to an extent as well. However, that's much, much more a, um, a complex topic than people might imagine. It's not simply you put on some new-age, ethereal-sounding music. Which and ass- most and, do. Yeah, and assume that that's going to relax everybody. Not at all.
0: No. You use the word programming. Yes. And for some people that may be a loaded word. It has uh, certain aspects like suggestion that it is you reprogram someone. How would you describe that? Well, Choice.
1: because the word suggestion is the really loaded word okay. that you're somehow insinuating into their mind mm-hmm. that it carries that element from the, the original of the word. Somebody's under the influence suggesting to somebody is putting them under as such. Subject, subjecto, throwing mm. under, you see? Okay. Now, you are very directly, deliberately programming that client to achieve certain goals. It doesn't mean your language is... Hectoring, lecturing, or in any way non-compelling, non-persuasive, as if you are ordering, commanding, belligerent even. At least I don't mean that that's what's represented or conveyed in any way by the word programming. So it doesn't
0: have to do that you're programming a robot.
1: Not at all, or programming code in a computer program. Programming is putting into the mind certain ideas and concepts and they can be very softly or more strongly put depending on the needs of the client and the goals for the therapy. So we've all been programmed all our lives by other people around us directly and indirectly, direct and indirect suggestion, by imitation, by modeling on our parents or older siblings and so on. So we don't need to be apologetic for that word when it's explained and, and i believe it's very important to always guide the client as to what you're proposing to do and what you're doing and so making it clear as i'm programming i'm giving you certain affirmations which are true statements about you your potential human nature and this potential and so i'm guiding your mind by these very careful choice of words the language i'm using and the appropriate use of the voice the voice developed to very effective levels to convey ideas to your mind that are beneficial helpful to you and so the word programming is perfectly fair accurate and adequate in my opinion for this
0: you mentioned that you give your client a recording yes. what is the benefit of a recording i ask that because so few hypnotists do that i believe that's a therapeutic mistake
1: that the client does not get to use a recording there will be exceptions, of course, where the problem has been dealt with on that session, one session, well, at least with some clients, that's appropriate. It's okay, it's safe, there's no problem. Many clients will need further sessions, even as backup, even as just a boost of what happened on the first session. You really empower the client with the recording because they start to learn that they can go into trance better and better themselves. with your recording help? And later on, the brain recognises the state. They don't even need a recording and they're already achieving a form of self-hypnosis. But by programming them, you're making your life better as a therapist. They've got several things happening. The suggestions are being conditioned, reinforced into the mind. Is it then also a form of compounding,
0: which you mentioned in the last podcast?
1: Compounding can come into this, yes. Reinforcement by repetition. Mm -hmm. The client's subconscious gets more and more time to absorb the suggestions. We say allow about three weeks to get the fuller effects of suggestions. And even then, people can continue after three weeks and continue to get great benefit from the programming. The programming will allow them to experience better and better qualities of trance. And I always check up with a client. How are you getting on with your relaxation? How are the suggestions resonating with you? What effects are coming? Which of those suggestions seems most interesting, appealing? motivational for you and which less so. And actually if you listen to the client's information about it, it'll allow you to be able to update the recording when you need to do that and make it even more precise and relevant to them at the subconscious level. So programming keeps your connection with them going. They become more as it were programmed to you. So when you see them for the next session, they were listening to you every day, every night maybe. And that's really building the relationship in a positive way the subconscious mind it does as say develop the trance develop their suggestibility let's call it responsiveness the more you learn to let responsiveness develop within you which i believe is associated with being more aware intelligent able to absorb ideas programming is not making you some slave it doesn't mean anything of the sort that needs to be stressed that needs to be conveyed right at the very beginning in the therapy, certainly in the interview and the pre-talk. Anyway, you can also reinforce it during the recording that your subconscious mind responds to all the positive messages you put into it. And in this case, the suggestions from me, you're allowing to enter into your mind to motivate you because they are powerful, positive, beneficial suggestions for you. So, the mind benefits greatly from the practice with the recording and it may also help us diagnostically as it speeds up the therapy the time they come back and say well it's been wonderful i've been relaxing so well with your recording typically what they say is i've been sleeping deeper better less broken sleep i'm feeling more relaxed during the day and the suggestions that are there yeah they're taking effect i find myself changing responding i'm a more positive person more enthusiastic more grateful person or my golf is getting better because that was what the programming was about and then you'll know also where anything may yet have to be done. Sometimes in the recording I feel a little bit agitated, there's something coming into my mind. And right there and then, that's very helpful to know about because we start to work on that. Or they're reaching some kind of plateau, the recording was doing really well. And Then they may say to you, it's not working as well anymore and we always change the word it to I. I am not responding as much as before, as effectively as before. So let's look into that. So that recording is doing a lot of therapy work for them and for you. So please make good use of recordings of the highest and best
0: quality you can produce for the client. I know that some of my clients have been listening to my recordings for five years now. Yes. Depending on the situation I sell, the mp3s Mm. and they said it was the best investment they ever made
1: it's coming from somebody who's worked with them it's personalized to their needs it's a wonderful help assistance for them so let's make full use of recordings
0: for people so as our time is coming to an end if you would summarize maybe in two three sentences (laughs) (laughs) not easy to Summarize the whole process of of induction, but we have known you are someone who is making miracles true (laughs) Inductions
1: to induce the trance which is a natural state requires Knowledge and skills that you learn in a good course of the rapid instant and so on forms induction longer ones where that might be useful You're then learning with that to get the person to move towards the goals at the subconscious level That's called programming and that is the art and science of developing the best possible instructions or suggestions, if you want to call them that, for that client. And with that part of the therapy, you'll also prepare them for their future sessions with the recording you've given them. And you'll also be determining early on then, during that phase, if you haven't already, whether you're going to do regression and reprocessing work with them. So that's just a very brief overview of what is a big A big area, a very big part of your therapy, the induction and use of the trance.
0: And in our next podcast, we are going to continue with analytical work. And you already mentioned regression and Mm -hmm. reprocessing, which is part of the analytical work. Thank you so much, John. Thank you, Axel. And thanks
1: to our listeners.
0: And to all of our listeners. If you have liked this episode, please give us a like a friendly comment, subscribe to our channels and share this episode via email and on social media. And make sure to follow up with the next episodes. Please check out our homepages. You'll find them linked on the homepage of this podcast. With that said, I'm Axel Hombach, online with Dr. John Butler. Have a great time. Until next time.